what's going on everyone it's brian and jim here drink your beer and play a game and welcome to another episode of the power hour yes hello everybody welcome to episode 176 thank you for joining us tonight if you're in the states hope you had a good labor day weekend brian how was your labor day uh it was a lot more relaxing than yours probably was <laughs> i mean i did uh i did put the pool away for the year outside of that i had a few beers yeah, I still got to get around to that. Only mine's inflatable, <laughs> so mine's a lot easier to do. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, I fuck, I was never home. Uh, I played a couple shows. And actually, one cool thing, uh, after we posted a picture from like the Sunday show, uh, this guy, Chris, from a band called Antiquatia, I think is how you say it. They, I don't think they're like together anymore, but they were out of Allentown. Okay. And, uh, but he was just like, hey, is the, your drummer a YouTuber? And I was, I was like, holy shit. The first time I've ever been noticed out of anything. So Jim's like, it's all worth it now. I'm so famous. It only took nine goddamn years. But yeah, besides that, now I just did a lot of partying, a couple barbecues and stuff like that. So good times with the family. And I'm yeah. more tired than I should be. Jim, is work your relaxation now? <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was a little less hectic. At go. least today. We'll see. <laughs> so, Chambers, we uh, we did just get done recording. And while we were recording, we're in the, uh, we're right in the tit sweat season of Oktoberfest. Tit sweat season. <laughs> that is a new one. That means it's in there deep, Jim. I mean, is it? Is this? Because it's still, it's still, it's still hot. For me? Huh? No, huh? it's still yeah. hot out there. You can't say it's, even though it feels like, even though I want it to be complete fall, it doesn't really feel like it's still hot as shit. No, you're right. My nipples were glistening this weekend. <laughs> and um, if you guys have noticed, if you don't follow us on Twitter or you don't check out our site, I've been uploading new uh, Oktoberfest beer reviews. Last year, I did about 15 or 16. This year, I already got about seven or eight new ones. So as I'm reviewing them, I'm uploading them to the site and... I get excited for this because it starts with Oktoberfest beers, leads to pumpkin, then winter warmers. Like mm -hmm. I like the seasonalness of those beers. It is like the fun part of this end of the year where like you do a lot of decorating, you have a lot of events, you have a lot of holidays, and beer falls right along with it. Best part of the year for me. Yeah, I can't really argue that either. But yeah, so I, uh, I started bringing out the Oktoberfest since Jim's here, and we started with the Shiner Oktoberfest. How goddamn smooth did that go down? That that really went it was down like smooth. almost dangerously smooth. Mm -hmm. Jim, I'll even let you read the back label because there's there's a lot here. I don't know where my bottle went. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> <sighs> and since you just did a very long monologue, yeah, for our review. So uh, we just recorded right before this our Sonic Three and Knuckles review. That's going to be a big boy, and I had a lot to say. Mm -hmm. So for this beer, though. So fine in a stein. Every September, millions of people around the world gather in Munich to celebrate Oktoberfest. With a name like that, you'd think it'd start a month later, but hey, it's tradition. And if you can't be there in person, you can be there in spirit with this classic brew. Made from Munich and caramel malts, along with German-grown Holotol? Holotol? Hallertol? I'd have to say it. H-A-L-L-E-R-T-A-U? Yeah. Holotol tradition. And, uh... Hirschbrucker hops. Now fill your stein. Bin, it's fine. Did I enjoy? <laughs> so yeah, that went down super, super smooth. I've done a million reviews on this, so I'm kind of curious. What was your takeaway? If you can kind of remember. Ugen die Schlabens. 
Die Bubble. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what? So I was like kind of drinking in between like endless talking, so I didn't really concentrate on it. I just remember it being really good. Like I've like nothing stood out as a complaint. I you're probably the one who savored the flavor more. When you were drinking, did you notice that like you weren't left with a stale taste, but almost like a, a little bit of a sweetness on your lips? Yeah, you know what? There is that little bit of a sweetness. Yeah. So that's very common. Like that's what these beers are meant to be. Is very easy to drink. You drink them in crowds. It's for Oktoberfest. So they're supposed to be like the alternate to a light lager or other lagers with a little bit more malt character and breadiness. That's the most common things you're going to taste out of these. And I mentioned that because we moved right on to the Devil's Backbone Brewing's O-Fest lager. There's nothing on this bottle except smooth, malty, and bready notes and 5.9%. You'll never really see an Oktoberfest Marzen beer outside of 5.6 to 6.1%. If you do, they're probably not really doing an Oktoberfest. Being little gimmicky boys? Yeah, exactly. So I've never had uh, this one from Devil's Backbone. I never even had the Shiner before tonight. It looks like a Pilsner. Yeah, there some of them. So this one in particular does not look like a traditional uh, Oktoberfest Marzen. This actually looks more like a Fest beer. Which, you know what, that this one is a fest beer. So Ooh, I, fest and Steisen. Damn it. Fest beers are more like your typical lager, whereas the Shiner Oktoberfest is margin. They're going to be much more brown or red and have those flavors. So this one actually will just taste like a lager, like a full-bodied one. So. Yeah, no, and that's definitely what you're getting a lot of. Right, I said mine Steisen. Damn it. Jim, when are we going to drink out the boot? We should drink out the goddamn boot. I have it a boot. Should be a Patreon video. Do we do a chugging contest? No, I'm going to fucking lose. <laughs> I lose every chugging video. Well, if it's butt chugging, you'll win that. I might. <laughs> might have been born for that. But Chambers, what uh, what you been playing this past week? You know what? All I've really been playing is just getting more footage of fucking Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Yeah. God damn, there's so much to get footage of in that freaking game. Deceptively. Game. Deceptively a lot to get. It's a big it's a big one. Yeah, and besides that... Uh, I believe I'm now on the level, last level of uh, Bloodstained. I played that for a tiny bit. So oh. I thought I was on the last level before, but that wasn't. So nice. I think I'm on the last level now. But like I said last week, very, very good game. So Curse of the Moon 2 for not the Metroidvania one. Yeah. I um I did a little more XCOM 2 to get footage for the review. And I'm going to beat that game, but it's a long one. So I know I'm going to be at that for a while. Uh, so I decided to fire up some more of my... I realized with the months counting down, I still have some pretty big titles on my resolution list. So I basically have to focus in. So I'm doing Days Gone, the um, mm, nice. the zombie game. It's really good. Shocker. Well, it's good, but it's... Uh, I don't know. I, I actually don't know how it was ever reviewed. And it, I've never looked it up. I think, I think when it came out, it was definitely at like... The height of like zombie fatigue, yeah. and everyone's just kind of like, "Oh, it's another zombie game." Like, I think it was just very like by the books they were calling it. That that my problem with it is like a lot of very big open worldy games, especially zombie games, suffer from this most. Is majority of the missions are like go this area, clean out nest, or go save this person, or go do this errand. Now, it is one of the best in terms of the use of a motorcycle in an open world game. And not that you'd care. The story's really cool and compelling. Gone. Um, 
But you know what? This game did something, which I think we've talked about this before. I don't know why more games don't do it. I'm sure it's a licensing thing. Why they don't use actual music in games. Licensing. Lic- I, I, I know that, but I'm saying, like, these ginormous studios that, like, you know could afford it. In theory, I, I, but I'm, then you also have to, like, license it in perpetuity then if you ever port it. So that makes it tougher. Because th- this this game licensed a song I really like from Sons of Anarchy, actually, of all places. Oh, okay. Um, great song, great use of it. And I was like, it got me so much more in into, like, watching, like, caring more about the movie. I was like, Is it oh. Yellow Wolf? It's Yellow Wolf, isn't no, it? No, it's... Uh, uh, it's it's called Soldier's Eyes. I oh, I, I know which one you're yeah. talking about, yeah. Um, it was a great use of the song, and I was like, son of a bitch. I was like a little on the nose using Sons of Anarchy because they, they are bikers, but yeah. still, I was like, that really, all of a sudden, like I wasn't focusing as much, and it got me attuned to it. So I kind of wish more games would do that instead of just ripping them off like Sonic did. Sonic did rip off a lot of music, as we've talked about in the past. But yeah, it, it's a fun game. I'm not going to say ever say it's anywhere near my top ten. Even when I beat it, I don't think I'll feel that way. But it is fun. Cool. That's the best I'll say about it. Yeah, that's one I have no interest in ever talking about. I figure you'll never. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're not really, outside of Resident Evil and when Left we Dead. had you play Left 4 Dead, you never really... You don't even like zombie movies that much, do you? Except for Shaun of the Dead. I mean, I like them. I just like don't go out of my way to watch them. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know why you hate on zombies, Jim. I don't hate on them. It's just like, I'll get to it, or I won't. I don't really care. Racist. <clears throat> yeah. You know what? You're right. <laughs> Good thing we're not big enough for an out-of-context fucking page. <laughs> Yet. Yet. I saw the bullshit on our Discord. Urinators. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I didn't want to know what it means. I think that was a King of the Hill reference. So right. that was good, Chet. <laughs> so yeah, speaking of that, Chambers, uh, a lot of our patrons are on there. So what do we got this week from Patreon? Yes, patreon.com slash drink a beer and play a game, where for as little as $2 a month, you can ask a question and we'll answer on this Power Hour podcast. And you get a lot more. So we just recorded, as we said, our Sonic 3 and Knuckles review. That was a Patreon request. We're working on the other ones. We just released a new Patreon-exclusive video for all the tiers. So, us trying to suck beer through a Twizzler. Didn't go well. I'm, I want... That is a challenge I want us to go back to, even if we have to hollow it out more, because I just want to taste fully drinking a beer through a Twizzler. My, I was so disappointed. My, I, was, I was sucking on that so goddamn Dude. hard, my throat hurt for two days after, <laughs> trying to make it work. I Here's the deal. I, I absolutely... Silly challenges like that... We're going to make more and more videos for. I actually saw a few more challenges. God damn it. You did not see Retro Game Brews. I will get you for this. Oh, no, no, no. I don't want to do the. I don't you don't do, do the corn dog? dog. <laughs> oh, no. I didn't see that one. He said do it with a corn dog. It would fall apart at that point. Well, then you're just save the flavor. All I'm saying is there will be easy challenges and some goofy ones. But as Jim said, that is a big thank you because we want to definitely give back to especially the dollar patrons as well because we appreciate all you guys. Yep. And actually, speaking of Retro Game Brews, I'm going to be guesting on their episode of uh, Gamers Week podcast this week. Nice. So, yeah, they those episodes come out on Friday, I believe. So I'll be whoring it out then. And they'll definitely have you on later in the year. Okay. So Nice. Uh, so first up for the questions from JD Mains. When's the right time to pour your beer into a glass first, drinking from the bottle or a can? So this was something when we first started the page. I thought it was kind of those 
it's like you hear a lot of things like, ah, do you really need to pour your beer into a glass to get better? Yes. There is no time when it's better to drink out of the can or bottle except for convenience. Like, obviously, if you're in a pool, if you're barbecuing, you don't need to go get a glass. If you're drinking shitty, like, Keystone, you definitely don't need to get a glass. But if you're enjoying craft beer... See, Bri, I'm not wasteful either. Craft beer, stouts, porters, like, anything like that, you're going to have to use a glass. And the more controversial thing that it took me forever to learn and actually appreciate is... Using the different types of glasses? Types of glasses are very important. But even more important than that is... 85% of the beers you try, you actually are should let get to room temperature. Like you it's really lagers that you think I need ice cold, but like a lot of other beers to get all the flavors, you got to let them kind of warm up because if you have them too cold, it's too restrictive. So, yeah, pour your beers in a glass and depending on the style, look it up. See like should I let it warm? Should I have it cold? There's a reason there's recommendations and some go really well with others. But if you're going to get serious about it, go on Amazon, I think for like 20 bucks, 25 bucks, you can get like a craft beer glass case and it'll have most of the ones you'll need. So, yeah. And depending, like there was a while where like every fucking brewery had the exact same goddamn like pyramid chart in the bathroom Mm. of like all the different types of beer pointing to all the different types of glasses. So like, you know, plank glass or tulip glass and shit. And I miss my tulip. Rest in peace. But... (laughs) I mean, I could just buy another one, but then I got to do stuff. I just had to buy another IPA glass. There you go. So, yeah, but, yeah, I mean, me being the cheapy, cheap, cheap, I don't pour out as much as Brian probably does. Here's the deal. If you're going to, if you're drinking any lagers, light lagers, macro beers, can and bottle are fine. (laughs) It it doesn't make that big of a difference. Yeah, don't pour pour your Bud Light into a glass thinking it's going to enhance it. I don't think, with the exception of being at the beach into a solo cup, I've never poured a uh, Keystone into a glass. If you did, that would actually piss me off. Well, I'm going to have to now. Damn it. <laughs> if you like have like a snifter glass of Keystone. I'm going to buy the most expensive glass I can and pour some Keystone <laughs> in it just like to like legit you. crystal. I'll be like, you motherfucker. <laughs> Basically. But now, great question, JD. Yep. And last up from Burn Retinas. So when the Smirnoff Ice Challenge was a thing around 2010... Did either of you ever iced anyone or get iced yourself? I never iced someone, but I do think I was iced. I think I was. So what was that challenge? I like, remember vaguely it, remember it. it. It was a very, that's what I would call one of the earliest, even though TikTok and all this shit isn't there. Like, like the ice shit, like basically you would ice your bros. You'd have to present them with it. And they'd have to get on a knee and chug the entire... Oh, okay. Yeah. That, that fucking thing. I feel like... I think I did it. I think it was one of my brother's friends that did it to me. I, I think. I But I, I know I never... Because maybe except for when I very first started drinking, I never had a Smirnoff ice before then. Hmm. So, yeah. It, it was a goofy phase. I do like the force your friend to drink. Like, I would expect more of a do a shotgun or do something like that. But, yeah, the ice, yeah, never felt good in the tum-tum. You know, <laughs> you're going to hate me for this. I already do. You should. If you're watching your girlish figure and you want a slightly smoother Smirnoff ice experience, the Smirnoff Ice Zeros are shockingly good. Shockingly. But, Jim, we've we've accepted this point. Your opinion... 
shockingly has a handicapped. That's all I'm gonna say. Like there, there's the objective truth. There's there's Jim's opinion. So there's there's levels there, right? You accept that, right? How, how dare you? <laughs> hey, you know what? I'll I'll, I'll always give you 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 have a, original takes, even if they're just purposely contrarian. Sometimes, sometimes I'm contrarian. Sometimes, possibly. But God damn it! After the number of times now I've been asked about, especially on streams, about uh, someone was bringing up friggin' white claws and seltzers, <laughs> and I keep mentioning it was only you. And even at my barbecue, yeah, good, good, fuck where you. I had to buy it, and I tried a few sips of them. I'm like, not one of these are refreshing at all. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck. I was like, I don't think Jim knows the right adjective. Liar! You're being contrarian there. No, you're just doing it out of spite. They're terrible. Uh uh-uh. uh They're just awful. I'd rather have straight soda at that point. Look, you can't get you the basic bitch white claws or trulies or shit like that. They're you all gotta, basic. You gotta There's get no, like, you gotta get like don't you dare. You gotta get like the truly teas or the lemonades or that's uh, or the truly surfs or the uh, no, some other good I ones. I don't gotta get me any of those. The Bud Light ones aren't bad either. Or just drink beer. Just do that. You're actually paying more. You're actually. Going I'm not paying more. My wife is paying more because so she's the one who so gets all them. So therefore, you're paying more. I know. So actually, you're paying more for shittier quality than your Keystones. You're welcome. <laughs> Get married, they what, said. It's a would, blessing, they said. You know what, Jim? That's why you could never be Keystone. You think Keystone would ever drink a seltzer? No, he wouldn't. Unless it was a Keystone seltzer. Then he would, but they don't have those. Yeah, maybe because they lost a bullshit lawsuit. Maybe that's probably goddamn why. Where's my parade? <laughs> Damn it. Well, don't go against uh, Greg Cock or whatever his name is. Oh, I'll go against the cock, right? <laughs> I will push right back on that cock. Don't you judge me. It's a great question. Thank you. Thank you, bud. Yep. So that rounds out the Patreon questions this week. Actually, fucking speaking of goddamn Patreon, you people in the Discord. So, everyone in the Discord, when we uploaded our video today of us doing the straw challenge, they're like, Jim, you look like you're on LSD in that thumbnail. I'm like, what? LSD? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I, Jim does look a little whacked out. I was so confused when you, like, when you wrote that in our notes, and I was like, LSD. And then I, I went to the Discord, and I saw it, I said, oh, that was our picture. You claim I always pick your derpiest picture. I put derp ones in there for the funsies. You put, I do it. But that one, there was only one picture to choose from. And I was like, and we, we even showed each other. And you're like, yeah, that looks good. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I didn't get LSD from that. I mean. I wish. Would have made it a much more enjoyable challenge, what probably. What we need to do is get you and your full. Some LSD? No. Damn it. Your full uh, lazy eye. Oh, yeah. You're just, you're just going to have to snap a picture one time and I'm pissed drunk. <laughs> Just next, throw that in there. Next game con? Yeah, those are the times <laughs> that goddamn do it. Next fucking convention. Whatever one we go to. So yeah, people in Discord, you know what to call Jim out for. Yeah, between some memes that have been made of us and, you know, all these lovely little descriptions of me. Yeah, definitely head on over to the Discord <laughs> if you're going to have more fun with the community. So, See, Jim, good time there. See, Jim, I'm so glad I made this some, thing. Some would say I'm, I'm your biggest defender. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah Jim <laughs> But yeah once again thank you for all the support everybody Really appreciate it guys Alright so uh, YouTube comment of the week Thing we started last week going to try and keep going So this one's actually a positive one 
And normally these are like a little boring, but this one's interesting for a reason. So it comes to us from Benji Bro Games saying, this is the first vid I watched. Love the beer meter. Subscribed. I think that's the first time anyone's actually said they loved the beer meter. Normally they're just going, what's the beer meter about? Or I don't understand the beer meter. Or why is the beer meter in here? There's been a lot of those type of calm questions, calm comments. I have seen some people like, especially some of the games where we went ridiculous, they're like, you're saying I need to drink 20 beers to enjoy this game? Yes. We're like, yeah, because it's awful. The, The simple thing is when we were making the site, and it was another, call it gimmick, call it what you want. Just trying to set ourselves apart a little bit. Set, <laughs> oh, it works so well. Set, but set it apart and also be realistic to Jim and I, at the beginning, would sit down with, I don't even know, sometimes a case of beer. And we would just be like, we're going to play every NES beat em up game and spend hours on end when we had time like that. And basically be going through beers and we would all of a sudden be like eight beers deep and we'd be like you know what this game isn't so bad and mm-hmm. then when you play it sober you go Ew. this game actually sucks so we were trying to simulate the idea of you know trying to talk to girls or something at a bar like you drink enough and all of a sudden something's not so bad and every every once in a while we get a video that's like or a comment that goes like it sounds like you guys just played this for 40 minutes while drinking and we just go yeah, yeah that's exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would Our say own reviews are not quality, uh, if, but they get all the views. Of that's all why I've the early fighting games and sports games, that was true. We would play for hour to two hours, really try and figure out how fun the games were. It wasn't until probably the zombie games where we were. I was like, going to say Simpsons. I think we got more in our stride there. I think zombies were before Simpsons, weren't they? Were they? I don't know. I forget now. Yeah. It's been a, been a long Either time. Either way, and then we basically hit the point of at a minimum one of us is going to beat it all the way hence also why there's a lot more time put in like you know we're not as able to just you know get together and play for hours on end as fun as that was so yeah the beer meter was always an interesting one um it's gone through many iterations of style for graphics on because i was always trying to think what's a good way i can display this my ultimate goal was to literally have a meter that would animate with beer going up it i don't know how to do that shit everything i've learned for video editing started with our first video so yeah so so it's evolved i'll say that yeah true i mean that's kind of the reason that uh the patreon request videos take so goddamn long one we don't have the time to meet up and play as much as we did before and we do want to make them as good as we can, so we spend yeah. more time on them. But, yeah, the other videos, it's like, ah, you just handle it. I'll just talk about how it looks. Yeah, but also, I will say, a good handful of these Patreon reviews are long games. Especially these last ones we're getting the, to. Yeah, they're, they're, they're ones where like, we're not going to half-ass it. Like, if you're going to request it from us, we got to beat it. We got to know the ins and outs. When we pick our own games, I'm sure you'll see much shorter games being picked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but no, thank you for the comment. Do we know who gave us a comment? Oh, yeah. It was uh, Benji Bro Games. Thank you, bud. Cheers. Thank yep. you. So, but- yeah, speaking of the page evolving over time and all that, we, we missed a little anniversary, Brian, last yep. week. Nine, Nine fucking years on YouTube. So, here's the thing. God damn bug. Yeah. There's a bug in the room. <laughs> so, here's the deal. Brian lives in filth. Damn it. I look back and I'm like, 
man, oh man, what I wouldn't give to have that time to be able to do this shit. Yeah. That's the biggest thing I take away is like now it's not even, a, it's a more a matter of Jim and I are just crazy busy. That's what happens. Married kids. Yep. You know, and you know what? I it's give, like you've grown with us. <laughs> exactly. I mean, if you could look at the baby face versions of us and I'll put up a video of uh first time we're on camera, probably a podcast. Uh, one of the drinking games. Or no, actually it was probably one of the the mini videos. Or like the update videos or some shit. Update the skits videos, we used skits to try and do. And update. Here's the deal. Like we didn't it was we've said many times. This site was always put together as like, let's get together, fuck around, have an excuse to drink and play games together. And, you know, it, it's one of those deals where it's evolved to the way it is, mostly because of time constraints. I give a lot of credit to anyone who's a content creator who can churn that shit out day in, day out. If it's your own, if it's your only job, it makes more sense. But if there's anyone out there with a full-time job and also doing it, I mean, we know, we know people like that, like yeah. Tyler, my retro life, uh, a whole bunch of our other buddies, like. They work full-time jobs and still crank out way more content than we do. I mean, and it's insane. It, it's a it's a full-bore dedication. But I also think the pace, Jim and I, you know, probably a year ago or more, we both were realistic in the sense, like, we're never going to be able to hit the pace we used to do. Like, fucking Simpsons getting a review out a day for 30. Like Every once in a while, people ask, because, like, like, for anyone who's followed the page forever, there used to be times when we would just review every single game in a series in a month. It would be sometimes it'll be like twenty videos released in a month. It was and someone be like, "When's your next like month marathon going to be?" And I just go, "Yeah, good luck with that." Yeah, that that those days are <laughs> unless we do a fuckload of prep work in between other that, videos. That's the thing is if we did a long and I've considered doing like I think that's part of the reason why now every game I play I record all the footage and I probably have like seven goddamn external hard drives because I'm like. Just in the event we decide to do a this month or that month, I'm going to already have the footage, so Jim will just have to play. Like, I've put thought into it like that, but it really is, like, you know, part of the fun for me has been, especially, like, with the podcast, getting to talk to other people. Oh, yeah. Like, those kind of things. And, and you know, it is enjoyable, like, diving deep into certain games I really wouldn't have considered otherwise. Um, so yeah, like Jim, you made the joke, people grew with us, but it, it's kind of true. Yeah. And to piggyback off your point, like we've, especially because of the podcast, we've been able to talk to so many goddamn other like content creators, not just like gaming YouTubers, but you know, game devs and people in the industry and brewers and other podcasters and shit like that. I mean, really, if you want to find a way to talk to someone you're a fan of, start a fucking podcast. Yeah. You know, you'll throw a bunch of feelers out there and a lot you won't hear back from. Some will be some will be polite and say no, and, you know, which is fine. And, you know, some will say yes, and then you get to talk to them, and it's cool. We've made a lot of friendships we wouldn't have expected beforehand out of it, so. What shocked me is how accessible higher-level beer people are than... YouTube gaming, gaming, the gaming community, if we're being honest, it's not the best. Hey, for, meaning higher tier. And, I, and when, I think that kind of goes with like a lot of YouTube niches though. Like, yeah, I but, mean, cause at that point it's also just a straight business. Like what, what does a big person have to gain by talking to some shit? Dicks oh, like no, us? no, no, no. But it's also 
Like if you see them at a convention and say hi, they'll be nice enough or whatever. They're not going to know who you are. But here's the deal: I expect that the same way I would expect. Like, all right, I, maybe I'm putting the bar too high, but like if you're at a million subscribers on YouTube, I go, yeah, you're not going to really even interact. Right. There's people a tenth of that that I go. You shouldn't be acting the same way somebody that level should. No, oh, yeah, yeah. And, but... and I'm just saying, and and you know, I'm not in the wrestling or this. Like, I'm not in any of those art communities, so I can't sympathize with that. But this one, you got to admit, I, I was shocked. I thought more people would be kind of cool when we first started. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I, I mean, with a, f- a few exceptions, I can't think of anyone who are like outright dicks when you meet them and stuff like that no the people we talk to that are cool and you all know who you are if you've ever been on the podcast you know we obviously like you yeah um but there's been others i go huh okay like it it just surprises me that's all i'll say all right now that makes sense yeah but no like you said it it, it's it could be in any industry or anything but then every once in a while you get surprised too by people with some pretty big followings and they're like oh yeah sure yeah exactly Here's the deal. I would say words of wisdom if somebody wanted to start a YouTube channel these days. I mean, there is the thing is there look is, look at what we did and don't do that. And but, success will come flowing in. But that's the deal, is you will have some people actually say to us, like, oh man, you guys are doing so well. And we think that's crazy. We don't think we're doing that well. We go. No, it's it's not that. But <laughs> people not in the YouTube sphere were like listening to our numbers and be like, "Oh man, that sounds awesome." I'm like, "Ah, that's like nothing." <laughs> but but that's the thing is, it's all contextual. Like when we first started, we were looking at channels like ours and going, "I can't wait to be there." Right. It, you, that's the thing is, if you're only worried about growth and like trying to make it your day job, you're probably chasing for wrong reasons. You really just go at it with something you're going to enjoy. If it hits, it hits. If it doesn't. Keep it. If you're not enjoying it, stop it. Like, don't keep yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, if I didn't enjoy doing it, I wouldn't be doing it anymore. Exactly. Outside of like still playing with my band, this is the only highway I have left. Yeah. And I still enjoy the shit out of it. And like, you know, I have learned a few skills out of it. Like, I'm not a good video editor, but I can piece something together. Yeah. I couldn't, couldn't do that before the page. Also, just talking to people was fun. Talking to randoms. Yeah. Being able to bullshit was just like, you know, someone you've never met before. So. So, yeah. I mean, if you, like I said, I would just say if you're someone out there, you think you want a channel. Don't be afraid to do it, fail, and then keep trying. That's all. Yeah, I mean. That's simplest. As long as you're not like at 200 subscribers and going, oh, I'm going to make this my full-time job. Yeah, be very, very realistic. Even the people, like, I've seen, we've interacted with some people that I feel like caught early thunder, and then it wavers off. Be very careful. That's all I'm going to say. Like, it could seem very attractive, I'm going to do it on Twitch. I'm going to do this. Don't give up a day job until you're really, really secure. Like, you're not... I'm not saying you need to be making Pootie Pie numbers. She ain't easy. But you gotta... Like, we we started in 2013 when... And YouTube was a lot more ready for new people back then. See, I think we hit it at the initial... Don't do retro gaming. Don't do gaming. Do not... Unless here's the deal, there's nothing. Unless in- you're doing like retrospectives or like you're just like a super talent who's just like uber talented, like. But even a talent, talent. The reality is, hard work and talent are enough. No, you need luck. You need you need you need luck and shout well, outs. You, but you also need some some niche, something. 
And honestly, at this point, when we started, the niches were all pretty much taken up. Like you had the ironic reviewers, the angry reviewers, the super in-depth, I'm going to make an hour video on every reviewer. You had the streamer, the reactors. Like the problem is every niche you probably think you got, it's going to be very, very tough. And even if you have one flash in a bottle video, be prepared that if you're someone who has an idea of like, I want to do multiple things, you'll probably then focus all your content to that one thing. Well, that's what the alg- the quote unquote algorithm, you know, it's yeah. like if something hits, you basically have to just keep doing that. So. And, do- and, and that's why I say, don't chase that. Like, I think that's a, we've talked about AVGN and the quality of his videos, the output, like, Unfortunately, he seems like the guy. Yeah, it's, it's his job. It's not a passion. It's no, no, a job. But that's that's what I I get afraid of. Is like, yeah, hey, it would be awesome if we made enough to quit our jobs. But that would also ruin gaming for me. Probably, yeah. Where I look at him and I feel like he's uh, the dude from Rounders, <laughs> just grinding, just grinding away. Like you got to. That's your day job now. The passion is, and yeah, this shit will wear you You down. get pocket tans, you go, hmm, still not feeling it, and you still fold. Exactly. To safe play. You got to do it. GSP, you're all of a sudden, you're taking everyone down. You're not going for God. those flashy kicks. God, was he a boring champion. The man won a lot. He, he, he kept he, winning. He did what he, he had to he do. He didn't lose past Matt Serra. Yeah, he did what he had to do. So, you know, just choose your path wisely. Make sure you enjoy it. And drink some beers along the way. Yeah. <laughs> No, but it is crazy. Nine years. I I did not expect this. But, uh, Jambers, you did put up something interesting here from Twitter. Um, Call it drama. Call it what you will. A little bit in the old uh, little indie game dev sphere. Yeah, but Coorsell, and I'll put put what they wrote up here. It's probably going to be too small for you. Basically documenting their entire issues with P-Cube. Yeah, so P-Cube's like a small game publisher, and we actually kind of talked about them like three years ago on the podcast. Like, they, they're they a company that's like really big on taking like games that are like censored out of Japan and shit like that, and like, you know, putting it out to all platforms and stuff. Um, you know, a lot of porn games, but hey, hey. Of course you know about them. My first question was going to be, who the fuck is P-Cube? Now I know why you know, Jim. That's why I'm around, Bri. That's why you keep me. Fuck. But yeah. So, uh, like I said, Coruscant Official uh, made a game. What's the game called? I can't read from here. Adern. I- I'm sure a Turnoblade. A Turnoblade. So, yeah, a Turnoblade. Yeah, it's it's a Turnoblade 2. There you go. So I have no idea what the game's about, but apparently P-Cube was going to be the publisher for it, and they were basically... They were given their money to help do it through P-Cube through, like, an indie gaming grant that was out there. And essentially, P-Cube just kind of stopped talking to them, stopped giving them all the money that they needed. And basically, they've been trying forever to get, like, some communication back or to get the game out there or to get the funds they needed to conf- finish it. And it never happened. So, Yeah, it sounds like P-Cube basically had the publishing rights to get it on Switch, PS4, Xbox One in Europe. And they had a, in the contract, they had a guaranteed minimum that um, they were going to be paid. Well, PQQ basically gave them a small part of it up front and ceased communicating with them. After a lot of back and forth, once, uh, one, once Core, what's her name? 
Coracell actually came back and said, hey, we want our rights back. They got the rights back to publish elsewhere, but P-Cube just continued to earn revenue on the publishing that was already out there. And so they've, they they claim that they tried to make a resolution on P-Cube and that they're just not responding. So they decided to go the public route. Yeah, and they don't just do porn games, but they do good at the porn games. <laughs> the, the classic gym defense. They don't just do... They don't only do porn games in Minecraft, but, you know, they do they do a few. But they do some horror games and a bunch of other indie stuff, so. Fuck, Jim. But, yeah, I was looking through quick to see if they made any kind of response, and as far as I can tell, no response yet to these claims. So. I dove really deep with uh, P-Cube, and what's interesting, even on their site, this game is not as easy to access. Like, it's not in their featured games. Like, you can get to it. Well, I'm sure after the dev shit talked them. But that's my point is, I'm very curious here. We've talked a lot. Airing Dirty Laundry on Twitter or any of these things, it'll get eyes on it. But if you're trying to resolve a legal case, is it the best thing to do? Yeah, I'm sure if you talked to a lawyer beforehand, they would have been like, yeah, you probably shouldn't do that. That's the only part of me. And and I feel bad because it sounds like these guys are in a bind. But then again, who knows how many people it is. It could just be like a handful of people who can't even afford anything anyway. That's basically what Coursell is saying is like, we're a very small company, probably a handful of people. They're like, we don't know what else to do. So I hope it works out for them. I hope they get this shit. I, I, I've said many, many, many times, we've even had contracts looked at by a oh, lawyer yeah. who basically helped us avoid pitfalls of like, I would, when I read it, I was like, I guess it looks okay. I don't know. Yeah. Certain services, certain like, you know, not licensing deals, but like promotional deals. Hell, even that fucking artesian builds we talked about a while ago that had their huge fucking public PR disaster and they just went bye-bye. Like they reached out to us, so yeah, we've had it. We we've have had a decent amount, and every time I've ever seen an email or something, I have a lawyer friend, and she's been pointing out like, "Hey, see this language here? This is why that's doesn't sound so good." Yeah, we probably could have even built up a few relationships if we went for it, but it's still just like, yeah, probably not worth it. There's just there's there's points to like that 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 fine fine tooth language is really where you go. Do I do it? So I feel bad for these guys at Coursell. I, it's a cautionary tale. I, I don't care who you are. If you're getting involved with a bigger company, you can. We talked about YouTube stuff. Yep. There were some offers for us to join the um, what the multi chat? What the fuck? There um, are some ser- streaming service or other video services and stuff no, like but that. There was there was other ones. What are they called? The multi channel. Oh, multi channel networks. Yeah. Yeah, that's not even really a thing anymore. Because there was a lot of people getting burned by that shit. Yep. So just be careful. You know, indie devs out there. I don't care if you're a beer maker, indie dev. Just be careful. Take the time. I know it's expensive. Get a lawyer to look at it, and they'll tell you really quickly, like, Okay, this seems solid, or ooh, there's some shady language. Ah, uh, Brian, do we do we revive our old uh, one we were in before with our buddies? Bring back Team Laser Mouse. Jim, good old 2017 st- in the house. I still have the T-shirt. I have the T-shirt as well. <laughs> so yeah, that that's a cautionary tale. I'll say that. Oh yeah. 
All right, so speaking of weird and cautionary tales, Chambers, we got from restoftheworld.org this story about uh, these kids built a Minecraft crypto empire. Yeah, so this is a really interesting article, and it's way out of our field of expertise. But first off, quick shout-out to uh, Cashew in the Thought Cops Discord. He posted this link in there, and I was like, oh, this is interesting. So the long and short of it is... Probably some could say the TLDR. Yes, yes. Coop and seed. By the way, yes. I'm also glad a lot of people agree with me. You talk way too much in Twitter speak in real life. I know, it's a sickness. I acknowledge I do that too much. <laughs> but go on. But so basically, in Minecraft, for those who don't know, in Minecraft, you they I'm surprised by the level of freedom they give to people to use their system, basically, to make stuff. And they basically, for the most part, give people the freedom to kind of make any kind of mods or different servers that they want. So this particular server was called Critters. And this server was a crypto-based one. And... Had to burp. So... (laughs) Yes, thank you, Jim. (laughs) Hopefully it didn't pick up. Maybe it did. Wouldn't be the first time. Won't be the last. But... So yeah, in this crypto-based server... So the rules were you had to have a NFT to join. And it's all based around NFTs. And basically, every single thing in the server was basically an NFT. Like, you couldn't even buy a block to harvest without spending, like, something on the Ethereum blockchain in order to even harvest a single block. Like, everything was, like, based around crypto and NFTs. And what happened was, like, some big NFT guys would get into there, and it would, it would, it would almost be like a weird microcosm of real life, where, like, they would start farming out their work to like third world countries to start doing the work for them. Mm-hmm. So like one guy who's called Big Chief who was big in this other NFT game that was huge and crashed and burned and he basically paid 10 grand to like real life Minecraft pros to like build a casino for him in this server. And then he hired people from the Philippines to do like the day-to-day work. And then there's another story about like, you know, a Filipino guy who just worked eight hours a day on this server and just like had a little farm for himself and made a shitload of money at the height of this that he like apparently at its height the uh like uh, one of these uh they called them block coins and one of these blocks was worth like 84 cents and this is up from being worth you know fractions of a penny so if you had a shitload of these you're making some fucking bank so for a couple months like it started towards the tail end of 2021 and by May of 2022, like the market started to crash, like the value got cut in half. And then famously in around May or like late May, early June of 2022, uh, Minecraft said, we're not supporting any kind of NFT service anymore. It was July. July? Okay. Yep. July. Yeah, My bad. Yeah. So yeah, the, Mojang made a rule basically like, you know, we're not supporting anything NFT or crypto related. Any blockchain technology. Blockchain shit. Yep. yep. So interestingly enough, they didn't say exactly how they're not going to support it or like what they're going to do to anyone. But basically everyone kind of went, Oh, they're going to shut us down. So the value just like plummeted. And like the writer of the article, interesting enough, like spent five grand on fucking NFT just to get into this, to do the research for it. I'm going to assume they got the money from the publication. Hopefully they didn't use their own, but fuck if I know, but by the tail end and after the crash, it was worth 30 bucks. <laughs> much like other people who, who put some money into crypto not gonna, not gonna say any names not gonna know about feeling that burn 
how but it's just like such a random weird thing of like you get this like almost you get like a real world centuries worth of life condensed down in like a six month span of like new idea taking off yep. like you know the one percenters exploiting a third world country for labor and then it all crashes down around them like it's insane like this little microcosm ecosystem that's going on and like how the big people who like were using the third world people were like well, it's actually a good thing because we're giving third world giving country people money, yeah. an opportunity to make money when it's also like, yeah, you're also just farming out third world labor for, you know, cheap. And I guess credit kind of where it's due. They were splitting it 60-40, but. But here's the deal. How many goddamn cautionary tales, the people being exploited or kids, they truly don't know any better. But when you see people that should know better that and we've seen enough cases of this they dump their life savings or like this is a thing like oh yeah what the fuck like that is why like movies like wolf of wall street and the book and all that was like people like that exist because they can exploit the dummies who will take on ideas like this and dump all their money into it yeah it's It's, it's like anything else really with how quickly it went that unless you're in there at the very beginning you probably got fucked on it and the problem is most mentalities are, I'll get in here at the beginning and six, like you said, six months. Oh, well, I got to hold on to it for a long-term investment or da, 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 And then it crashes. Yeah. And then apparently like, the server itself went from like 2000 players a day to eight. That, here's the deal. I am so, I, I had a really in-depth conversation about somebody who laid out what this nft idea was with other games yeah because i didn't understand it. i know we've covered and actually it. a thing they talk not to cut you off yeah. but a thing they talk about in the article is because uh what the fuck was that game called like axis or uh, it was some like really big nft game for a while that also crashed and burned eventually but the appeal Axie infinity yeah Axie infinity and the only real appear of appeal of that game was that you can make money off it and like most NFT based games, the only appeal is you make money off it. So someone it's went. It's pay to play. Yeah, it's pay to or, play. P- yeah. Pay to earn. Pay to earn. Pay to yep, earn. Yep, yep. Whereas, you know, they were like, well, let's, you know, it might be a lot more profitable and better in general if we take a game that's actually fun and then add it to it. So that's why they made a Minecraft server. Pretty genius idea. And like, as I was reading the article for the first half, I was just thinking, how the fuck did they get away with this for so long? Yeah. Until I read the part where it's like, Minecraft lets you do whatever you want, which I had no idea about. Yeah. Well, here's the thing that's crazy about that is my biggest fear is one day somebody goes, this is a great idea. And the idea of games altogether, we're already seeing it. We've just talked about being YouTubers and content creators. There is such a idea of this is the way I earn my living versus games were just a way to escape and have fun. Now they're a way to generate funds in every facet of you know, this should have multiverse having NFTs to join clubs within it. Like when somebody broke that down for me and said, yeah, you can't even enter certain areas in the metaverse or other areas unless you have an NFT. And he explained it to me and I was like, why would somebody do that though? That's, you know what? That's the, that's the, million that, dollar that's the crypto bro version of like having like a black visa card or something like that. Well, like, it's that, or I look at it as like modern art, like we would never understand, like, people will be like, it's a broomstick without, you know, the mop. And it, it sells for 200 grand. You go, why would anyone buy that? Yeah. You can't appreciate, like, people put weird value on weird shit. 
Yeah. This is the digital version of that. Yeah, and I mean, it's also just, you know, fucking... Some of it's a pyramid scheme. Some of it's just, you know... Most of pe- it is. <laughs> most, most of it, like 99% of it. And, you know, some of it's just, you know, people buying on value and options and body, 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 blah. Yeah, that's not to like, say... There's... I was talking to a guy this weekend who, well, he was like, yeah, I have a couple apes. He was showing his apes, and I was like, I was like, so what's the point of it? He's like, yeah, to have it and sell it eventually. But that that's the thing, is like, the people I've talked to, same deal, they're looking at it as just another, instead of buying AT&T, Microsoft... It's another investment. Yeah. And they're like, but yeah, then you hear the dollar amounts they throw at it and you're like, what? Yeah. You're like, what if it crashes? Then you hear the NFT bros who buy them for like a million dollars and they like are only worth 300 when they sell them. So, yeah. I, I, you know, I call it the digital be- beanie babies of our time. I, yeah, but like also, I mean, and also like the crash of this coincided with when like crypto and NFTs in general just started crashing too. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, for as crazy as it sounds, as recently as the Super Bowl before this, so we're talking eight months ago, and if crypto was being, like, heavily sure. advertised during the Super Bowl. Like, there were, like, four different, like, crypto things being sold, on, like, advertised on there. A lot. And then within three months, the entire market fell apart. So, Well, there's the idealists who think that crypto is going to be the way to get a truer free market globally. Decentralized currency, yes. Good in theory, but, but it, eventually banned in practice. But like how many things we've said, Simpsons, once again, socialism. It's great in theory. Terrible. Like, there's a reason. Easy. No, socialism is terrible. What are you talking about? Nah. I'll stand by that any day. All NFTism is capitalism in a digital world. Well, I mean, that is completely capitalism in a digital yeah. world. Yeah. So, and it, we're trying to globalize it. I don't think so, it's a good thing. So, Bri, would you say, once again, the globalists of the issue? <laughs> you tell me, Alex. They are. <laughs> now, interesting article. Anytime this shit comes up and we see games that try to integrate NFTs, I am interested because I'm afraid. I don't want like my kids to grow up and be like, I'm going to work. And they're playing to earn for some dude that's making way more. I, I don't know. I just I don't like that. It's gonna be a weird future. I don't I don't like it. I don't like it, Jim. I want I wonder what the fucking boomer version of this was. Probably just computers in general. Anything that got you from going outside actually doing shit to just I can do all my activities here. You know when it all started, Bri? Jazz. <laughs> That's when it started. What Downfall Society. Don't be taking the soul out of this podcast, Jim. <laughs> oh, we got soul. <laughs> so, yeah, if you guys, if you know anything, that's awesome pull for you from the Thought Cops. But if anybody knows any, any articles or any information. And if someone can read this fucking article and really explain it, like we are talking so like surface level on it because we don't understand half of the shit that's yeah, going we got, on here. We got to get somebody on here. We got, we got the gist, but we need someone who can like read all this bullshit and be like, oh, that's what this means. Yeah. So. Hit us up. Yeah, exactly. And give us some <laughs> hints. I have bills. Lots of them. Damn. Jim, you're a hopeless cause with that shit. Help. <laughs> I'm very gullible. Help me. <laughs> All right, Jamber. So for our final topic and talk about re- uh, reoccurring bits, I started last week. I'm going to keep it going. So would it be good for a game? I was thinking about this. And with, how do I call it? 
games like that hypercharge is it called hypercharge where it's like the toys shooting at each other i think it's hypercharge i even look at um no idea <clears throat> a lot of games that are coming out now are like i'll call them twist on very basic ideas so i thought wouldn't it be an interesting game to take our old board games as kids mousetrap operation even if you did a mario party-esque like rally-esque like okay like here's x6 board games and whoever does the best wins out of all of them because i don't know if you could make an entire game out of mousetrap but if you did i'm thinking in terms of mario party like who's the number one maker of board game was it hasbro parker brothers maybe parker brothers okay so if you did that but with games that aren't like monopoly which are very you know strategic i'm talking those quick mousetrap operation uh uh trouble um, <laughs> you know i'm thinking of the very simple how the fuck do you make a video game out of trouble but i look at mario party and i go oh they're very simple mini games but take it to the things we loved as kids it could be interesting i don't know how you do it but would that make an interesting game a mario party-esque version of the board games we loved as kids that had simpler ideas I mean, Operation could kind of be cool. Like, that's one of the ones you threw down on here because, I mean, one, you could just be very simple and just do a version of Operation with motion controls. Yeah. Or finally make a game that'll take advantage of the fucking Switch touchscreen that no one uses as far as, like, you know, using that goes. Yeah. Um, or, like, in the Mario Party games, like, obviously it's a thing no one uses that much because you're not going to get four people around, but, like, you can put them next to each other and, like, kind of... It's not infrared. It's probably Bluetooth. But, like, you know, play games through there and have, like, certain mini games you can only do with, like, four actual systems, like, next to each other. Yeah. So, I mean, that could probably be one way to do it. Or Mousetrap. See, I see that as a, call it first person or third person. You, It's an obstacle course that you're trying to get through before you get trapped. Oh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> shit. Shit, 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 shit. Because I just bought... Uh, so Ollie's, uh, the discount yeah. store, uh, they have a fuckload of this one board game. What's it's the one we have to walk across the bridge to get the gems without falling off it and shit like that. <sighs> Fuck. It's, and I just um, bought it for my daughter, but like I put it away for her birthday. So I can't remember the fucking name of it. Shit. God damn it. I know what you're talking about, but I Fuck. I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, but, but that's another great example. I'm talking games like that that are where like you can just put like random obstacles being shot at you and stuff like that as you try to get across the bridge mm -hmm. to get the gems and get the most in time. Like like we've talked in the past about Mario Kart, Smash Brothers clones that are could be like fun. And I was thinking of like what would be a good you clone know what? for that Mario fucking... Party. What, what what's that one that like Adventure Island or a Tornado Island or oh, uh, tor Tornado Rex. Tornado Rex. I think yeah. Tornado Rex would be a good one, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, you could take the simplest ones and, like you said... I mean, people have already done Clue. There's been Clue games all the time in the 8 and 16-bit era. But even though, like, see, you need to have it very surface-level easy. So that would be too complicated. So mm -hmm. that's why I go Operation Mousetrap, Tornado Rex. Like, stuff that's very simple that could be palatable, like a Mario Party. Perfection is an iPhone game. Could be. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, could you see yourself enjoying it? Like, 
the nostalgia of any of those board games, and and even if I'm not naming ones that you did or didn't play, could you see those and go, huh, in a Mario Party style, get together a few friends, and you're kind of like digitally replaying all these games? Right. I think we're fucking up here. <laughs> if you want to have some competitive fucking online multiplayer, you got to make you a goddamn video game out of Crossfire somehow. Well, that could be on there too, for sure. That, some- that's easily one. I mean, that's an easy game to make. Yeah. There you go. Shoot balls. You need to just get down the mechanic of getting the balls back in your launcher. That's the hardest part. Just have it as a reload period, I guess. As a reload period or some kind of strategic button press or a combination or something like that. Maybe one of those wheels that goes up and the better you hit it, the quicker you reload. There you go. There you go. See what I'm saying? Hmm. Now all of a sudden it's a pretty good idea, isn't it? I didn't say it was a bad idea. But you didn't, didn't say it was a bad idea. I was just trying to see where you're going with it. That's all. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, now I'm trying to think of more fucking board games. I'm trying to think I, of I didn't have a ton one. of board games growing up either, though, so that doesn't help. I, I had I ha- I played a lot. Yeah, I didn't have a lot. I played a lot, but ones like this, I didn't have as much. But, I mean, we hit on some of the bigger ones, and, yeah, I think that a, a conglomeration of six or seven of these could be an easy, fun Mario Party, Jack in the Box style party game yeah or even if you make like make a fucking platformer somehow to like shoot some ladders or something like that yeah for sure fucking parker brothers hire us what are you doing yeah exactly we'll bring you to the <laughs> modern age <laughs> so, and then i can take your money and put it into crypto nfts and then i can go to the moon <laughs> damn it <It's> perfect <laughs> so chambers as we close it out which one did you like more the shiner or the ofest i think the shiner was like more easy to drink the Ofest definitely had more flavor, I think, though. Or maybe it's just because I had more of those. I was going to say, I think you're opposite. I think Ofest is easier to drink. Shiner's a little heavier with more flavor. Okay. <laughs> I'll go with that. You, you're more the beer guy. I, I, I go, I drink this good. Yay. So with that, we want to say thank you so much, everyone, for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Hit the notification bell so you can hear every time we get a new video up. If you're listening to us on iTunes or Spotify, please give us a five-star rating. Even if you want to bash us, we're going to read your comments. Subscribe. Any support, we truly appreciate. And with that, we want to say have a good night, everyone. Cheers. Cheers, guys.